gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone to the Dr. Hedberg Show. This is Dr. Hedberg. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the MTHFR test. This is a very popular test. It's been sweeping the internet for years now. And it's probably one of the most common questions I get from potential new patients, new patients coming in, if they should get this test done or they've had it done and they're worried about it. So it's something I felt like I really needed to address. And I did write about it years ago, two or three years ago, and we've learned a lot since then. So this is kind of an update to that. And I've updated the article I wrote on this years ago on the website. So MTHFR, it stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. This is an enzyme that's involved in the metabolism of homocysteine. And homocysteine is converted to methionine. Methionine is a very important amino acid. And so that's why one of the reasons why this is something that that so many people are looking at this uh, particular test But should you really worry about it, that's something we're going to focus on today. Hopefully I can allay anyone's fears about this, uh, because that's a big part of what's going on in alternative medicine and the internet, is imposing unnecessary fears about things that we just shouldn't be worrying about. So the MTHFR test is looking for two types of genetic mutations. One is the C677T and the other is the A1298C, and those affect the MTHFR enzyme. And as I said, MTHFR is involved in metabolism, more specifically folate metabolism, and it makes sure that homocysteine is properly metabolized to methionine. Now, methionine then makes SAMe, and SAMe is is known as the universal methyl donor. So that can be very helpful in a number of things. It's important for serotonin. So it can affect mood, melatonin as well for sleep, and your DNA, which is going to be very important for everything. And folate, it's, it is a B vitamin. It's at the heart of metabolism and the production of all of your cells. So without it, or if there's a deficiency, nothing is really going to work well. But how common is this MTHFR polymorphism? Approximately 5 to 14% of the U.S. population has two copies of the mutation. It's the most common in those of Mediterranean descent and lowest in those of African ancestry. And about 25% of people who are Hispanic and about 10 to 15% of people who are Caucasian have two copies of the C677T. 
So let's start getting into what we should really worry about and what we should not worry about. So let's start with homocysteine. So homocysteine, it is a uh, considered a toxic metabolite. Um, and there are some connections with cardiovascular disease, which is one of the things that we're concerned about with MTHFR. Homocysteine can damage blood vessels, and that can lead to atherosclerosis, or placking, and it could potentially increase the risk of heart attack, stroke, or blood clots. Now, homocysteine, in order for it to be normalized, you do have to have uh, normal levels of folate, vitamin B12, and vitamin B6 in order to metabolize it properly. But uh, I'd link to a study on my, my blog in this article out of JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association. And this particular study found that if you have elevated homocysteine and you supplement with the B vitamins and you lower homocysteine, this actually has no effect at all on your risk of cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, etc. So if we supplement to lower it, that doesn't do anything. Um, on paper, you would think that it would, but it actually doesn't. So when you have elevated homocysteine, you want to be looked and evaluated for the underlying causes of the elevated homocysteine. So that could be things like hypothyroidism, so you might have Hashimoto's, obesity, diabetes, insulin resistance, inflammation, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, lack of physical activity, aging, smoking, and certain medications like methotrexate and some of the statin drugs, nicotinic acid, medications like that, that can also raise homocysteine. So when you see elevated homocysteine, and when we see that on our blood tests, we want to look for the underlying causes, which are some of the above or one of the above that I just mentioned. And we don't just want to supplement to try and lower it with B vitamins because that just isn't going to address the real issue. And it's also not going to create any beneficial effect uh, for cardiovascular disease. So are there any real conditions that are connected to MTHFR? At the time of this podcast recording, there are only a few diseases that are uh, strongly linked to the MTHFR polymorphism, and those would be spina bifida. So that's uh, an issue with uh, kids who are born due to the mother being deficient in folate. So there's abnormal development, usually in the the lumbar or the sacrum in the lower back. Uh, homocysteine urea, we talked about that. That's just elevated homocysteine. Age-related hearing loss. Anencephaly, and anencephaly is just another neural tube defect, kind of like not similar to spina bifida, but along the same lines. And then blood clots is another one that we're, that we might want to be concerned about. But that's it as far as the scientific evidence uh, it, at this point tells us 
things that we should really be concerned about with MTHFR. Now, you're going to see many claims all over the internet, certain websites claiming that MTHFR is linked to cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, stroke, glaucoma, certain cancers, and some psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia. Now, all of these studies that were done on this connection have mixed results. None of them are definitive. And then there are some studies that find no association to these conditions at all. So some studies will show mixed results in connection, and then some will show no connection whatsoever. So at this point, there's no clear evidence that MTHFR alone has any connection to any of those conditions, despite, like I said, what what's being promoted out on the internet. So this is a classic example of what we call cherry picking. And some of you probably heard of cherry picking before when it comes to scientific research. Cherry picking is basically just picking what you want from the research that supports your agenda or your beliefs and ignoring all of the opposing evidence. And confirmation bias uh, can come into play as well here. People only looking for information that supports what they believe or their agenda or what they're trying to promote. And that's fairly rampant, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but it's fairly rampant in the alternative and functional medicine world. So it's something that that we need to be aware of. The researchers, the experts, scientists, geneticists, which are the people that we should be listening to, not, not um, alternative practitioners, because alternative practitioners, even myself, were not geneticists, were not experts in genetics. And uh, the people that we need to be listening to are the experts in those areas. So, so the scientists like Leclerc, Sabani, and Rosen, in their book chapter called uh, Molecular Biology of MTHFR, an overview of mutations and polymorphisms, I'm just going to quote here. They state that although numerous clinical association studies have been performed on MTHFR variants, conclusions have been contradictory in some cases due to the multifactorial nature of the disorders and our inability to identify the multiple genetic and environmental factors that can interact with MTHFR polymorphisms to impact disease risk. The biologic and tissue-specific impact of MTHFR deficiency has also not been adequately addressed, since these types of investigations cannot be readily performed in human subjects. The availability of an animal model may be useful in this regard. So I just want to echo what they say here, in that all of these conditions that are claimed to be connected to MTHFR, they're all multifactorial. It's not just a single issue. So we can't link a single polymorphism to these conditions. There are many, many components to all types of disease. Additionally, there's no evidence at this point that supplementing with methylated folate, now methylated folate is the form of folate that is promoted to be 
optimal for those who have MTHFR because this bypasses the defect. So there's no evidence that supplementing with methylated folate will prevent any of those conditions that are claimed to be connected to MTHFR. There's just none. So any so practitioners who are instructing, instructing patients to take methylated folate to treat or prevent any of these conditions are just going on pure speculation. So why should you get the test? There really is no reason to get tested for MTHFR because the test at this point, and again, I'm quoting geneticists, people who are experts in this area, it's considered experimental and it doesn't give you any important or valuable information about your body. So if you're pregnant, if you're concerned about neural tube defects, then you could take a high quality prenatal vitamin and that uh, will contain methylated folate as well as the other B vitamins. And if your homocysteine levels are elevated, then you want to have a knowledgeable medical professional evaluate you for all those underlying causes of elevated homocysteine that I mentioned before. So at this point, there's no evidence that getting tested for MTHFR and then supplementing with methylated folate is going to greatly impact or improve your health in any shape or form. And if you come across anyone promoting that, You'll see this all over the place, um, some websites, uh, the entire you know, practice model is built upon these genetic tests, and then just having you order supplements to address these so-called genetic polymorphisms, and there's just no evidence that testing and taking these, all these products is really going to do anything for your health. So you want to look for credible health information in other places, again, like learning from, from geneticists rather than, than these websites that are out there. Now, MTHFR might actually be a good thing. And in my article on this, I have links to a number of studies that show MTHFR is actually a protective mechanism that our bodies have adapted throughout thousands and thousands of years. So let me just go through a few of these. It is clear that if you have MTHFR, you have a reduced risk of prostate cancer. You have a reduced risk of any kidney damage when homocysteine levels are elevated. And it's also protective for male infertility. MTHFR, it's been shown to be protective in preeclampsia, which is a condition that some pregnant women get. Also, retinoblastoma, oral cancer, gastric cancer, just your body mass index, and lymphoblastic leukemia. So it's there because it's protective in a number of different conditions. Now, even if you have elevated homocysteine levels due to MTHFR, I also link to a study in my article that shows that if your riboflavin levels are normal, then this actually negates any of the negative effects 
from elevated homocysteine due to MTHFR. So as you can see, MTHFR, it's a normal genetic variant. It, it is present, of course, in a, a certain, um, a certain um, group of people, certain percentage of the population. But again, it's protective, and it's something that we just don't need to worry about. Maybe in the future, new studies will come out, and they will find strong associations specific to MTHFR. But we don't have that information at this point. And even if we did find strong associations, then we have to ask the question, will supplementing with methylated folate change anything? So we're going to have to do follow-up studies on patients with MTHFR, with these conditions, or without, and see and have them supplement with methylated folate for many, many years, follow them, and see if it actually makes a difference. But even then, we wouldn't be able to clearly claim that supplementing with methylated folate alone was the reason for the risk reduction or the improvement. And that's because there are so many factors involved in life and in our bodies and in disease that we just can't pinpoint one particular genetic polymorphism as a cause. And again, there are practitioners out there who are claiming that this is the cause of so many problems, so many diseases, and that's just not scientifically true. So save your money and avoid getting tested for MTHFR. We do, I do occasionally recommend genetic testing through 23andMe, And that can give you a few important uh, genetic polymorphisms like the vitamin D receptor, which is really important in autoimmune disease and because I see a lot of that in my practice. MTHFR is just going to be included in that. So it's there, but it's not something I worry about anymore when I see it. And you will get a few other helpful markers, like if you want to know if you should really limit your caffeine intake, if you're a little bit more prone to immune system dysfunction and things like that. But as far as MTHFR, there's no reason to get that tested by itself uh, because you're worried about it or because you think you need to take supplements for it. And if you want some additional information, 23andMe, like I just mentioned, they're the real genetic giant right now as far as genetic testing, they actually released an article uh, which was very well referenced. And their research team looked into this, MTHFR, and their conclusion is the same as mine and, of course, other geneticists, experts in this area, that MTHFR is just not something that we need to worry about. So I've linked to that article as well on my website, drhedberg.com under the MTHFR test. And so you can read that article as well from 23andMe. All right, so I hope that helps allay some of your fears about MTHFR. And I hope it saves you some money and testing and supplements for something that you just don't need to worry about. All right, so this is Dr. Hedberg. Thanks for tuning in. And... I will talk to you at the next show. Take care. 
If you enjoy The Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode. 